0: The federal government have said they want to downsize by 50%. Is that in the next six months? Is that in the next 10 years? Is that just an ideology that they're hoping to achieve? Uh, What does this mean? We don't know.
1: Hi everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm very excited about today's podcast because we have a very special guest, a well-known real estate executive here in Ottawa, Sean Hamilton. Hi, Sean. How are you doing today?
0: Mateo, I'm great. It's nice to be here and nice to see you. Just for the viewers, we're in the middle of a tornado watch here in Ottawa. So hopefully uh, we... Uh, we don't wind up in the land of Oz, but nice to see you
1: yes, there's a tornado warning in the Ottawa area, and hopefully everybody keeps safe so Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself
0: boy, oh boy, where to start well um, let's let's start at the high level I guess i'm uh, uh you know longtime family has has been in the Ottawa area going back some two hundred years we uh uh, you know, I love this city. Uh, I've lived here a lot of my life. I got to travel as a kid growing up uh, around the world, and that that helped impress upon me how wonderful Ottawa is as well. And, you know, have been a lifer in the commercial real estate industry for 30 years and have enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, just lucky that I love my city and love my job. So, you know, that's a very... Uh, that's 54 years of narrative in 30 seconds for you, Mateo, but uh, a lifer in Ottawa.
1: Wow, that's great. So long-standing family, been around the Ottawa area for 200 years. That's, uh, that's amazing.
0: No one else wants us, Mateo. Maybe that's <laughs> it, right?
1: <laughs> wow. wow. No, that's good. So as I mentioned in my intro, you're very well known, obviously, in the real estate community here in Ottawa. Um, Why do you care so much about commercial real estate, particularly in the downtown area?
0: Yeah, uh, and that's a really good question and certainly topical in uh, in today's world. But, you know, listen, our, our cities are where we live. We make our families. We look for our children to have opportunities. We look to have opportunities ourselves. And, you know, part of thriving as individuals is having a place in which we can thrive. I know that sounds really simplistic, but but it's true. And I think for people who live here, uh, there's more than just having a place to live. There's having a place to learn, a place to interact, a place to grow your career, not just for you, but for your friends, the rest of your family, and for your children. So... Part of that is having a downtown and a suburb uh, that thrives from, uh, you know, a, a commerce as well as community perspective. And, you know, right now our downtown is suffering a little bit and it needs us. So it's not just about commercial real estate. It's about creating a sustainable community in which us and future generations can not only just exist, but thrive. Thriving should be the goal, and I think it's very important.
1: You, you mentioned, obviously, um, downtown, especially the office uh, assets are suffering mm-hmm. a little bit, and you having been in real estate since the early 90s. Are there any lessons we could draw from the early 90s that are applicable to today's real estate market?
0: Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um when I came in, in the early nineties, we were in the grip of a horrible recession and the business climate was non-existent. Uh, really the federal government was, had had not yet started a downsizing, but they were about to uh, have a downsizing. But from a a, a sense of uncertainty the real estate community or the real estate market of 30 years ago has a lot of parallels to the real estate market of today in terms of high vacancy rates and uncertainty. I think if I were to, and maybe I'll be a little more provocative here than you want me to be, but I I think the rhetoric needs to change in our industry what lessons have we learned or should we have learned over the course of the last 30 years is we should probably not put so many eggs in the basket of the federal government and look to become a more private sector community like Canada has like the rest of Canada has because I think really uh, our reliance on the federal government has had numerous limiting impacts on the growth of our downtown core and is now really impacting us negatively as the federal government is essentially abandoning the downtown core and that word abandoning I know might ruffle some feathers by people or from people uh, but I can't think of a better word or a more appropriate word we're being abandoned and it's impacting us so long-winded answer. But um, let's not put all our eggs in one basket.
1: Well, that's that's a great lesson. Uh, so essentially, I uh, diversify. Um, which yeah, is, that's a great uh, point. And well, you talked about the government, and I put it in court, um, abandoning us. So, what's your take on the government's uh, current plan to dispose some of their assets?
0: Yeah. So, and I'm trying not to give you such long-winded answers because, but there's so much. There's so much tied into things. Firstly, the federal government has put forward a list of buildings that it says it wants to dispose of. That's it. They've said nothing about the timeline. They've said nothing about the process. They have made no attempt to identify how these buildings might knit in with the City of Ottawa and improve or impact the City of Ottawa. Some buildings have heritage designation. Some buildings are pieces of land, they're not even buildings. And some buildings are completely derelict. And why do I get worked up about this is because the federal government has been giving out sound bites of we're going to decrease our footprint uh, here are some buildings we're getting rid of, but they give us no sense of timing. They never give us no sense of methodology. They haven't even made an attempt publicly to sort of knit on how the buildings they give back could be assets that could be helpful for the growth of Ottawa and Ottawa's downtown core. Really, it's just created a vacuum of information that allows for wild speculation. And so what do I think of it? I have no opinion on it because I don't know what it means. Les Blanad Laurier, they've been saying for years, is going to be on the list. Wow. Uh, what does that mean? When does this list come to the market? What is their plan? Uh, it's, it's a complete lack of information and communication. And, and this is why I'm getting frustrated. To, to take it to another step, Matteo, Yeah. And again, I apologize for going on, but in more balanced times, the federal government was always at the forefront of saying they want to be a good neighbor for the city of Ottawa. And if you look at PSPC policy and you dig deep into their documentation, there will even be an excerpt that says that the federal government aims to be a good neighbor. For the city, and by that, they mean that they're not going to drive the city needlessly into an economic tailspin, or that they will work with the city uh, to try and, if they do need to make changes, do so in such a way that doesn't uh, that doesn't uh, negatively impact the city, or at least gives buildings back that have a chance of impacting the city positively. They've abandoned all of that. There's been no mention of good neighbor. There's been no mention of consulting uh, about how uh, buildings they're gonna give back could create opportunities for affordable housing, for instance, uh, or for the establishment of life sciences growth in Ottawa. It's just been complete silence Uh, And, you know, it's causing some, I don't want to say panic, that's the wrong word, but it's been causing speculation, and it's been causing nervousness.
1: So, in your opinion, the government should have at least held back from announcing that they're disposing of this asset until there's a clear plan.
0: Yeah, so... The answer to that is the federal government needs to be able to operate. It needs to be able to grow and to shrink. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that it has an obligation to artificially support the city of Ottawa. However, if they are going to downsize and they are going to give buildings back, re- recognizing they represent 50%, over 50%, but they represent 50% of our downtown Leased space that they have an obligation to provide clear communication uh, and to provide an opportunity uh, to share a timeline with the city of Ottawa so that the city of Ottawa knows what it's working with in terms of downsizing so we can put into place programming to counter that so the federal government have said they want to downsize by 50%. Is that in the next six months? Is that in the next 10 years? Is that just an ideology that they're hoping to achieve? Uh, What does this mean? We don't know. And, you know, I think the city of Ottawa is established enough as a business community that if the federal government came and said, we want to downsize by 50% over the course of the next 10 or 15 years, which is probably a likely horizon, maybe even longer. And we commit that we are going to give no more than X, Y, and Z space back to the market each year. Uh, And we are going to make an effort that when we give space back, it's going to be space that the city of Ottawa can use either for affordable housing or has a chance for public sector tenancy but the message right now is, we're just going to give you our garbage. We're going to give you <laughs> no sense of timeline, and you guys figure it out. That's not a responsible message.
1: That's true. Wow.
0: I mentioned I'd ruffle feathers here, right? But, but it's getting to the point that the messaging is so inconsistent that we have no choice. We, who's we? The business community. No choice but to really draw to their attention what the lack of messaging is doing to us.
1: So the government, they need more clear communication on, on their plans.
0: In the absence of that, it's an abandonment, uh, Matteo. Now if, I understand. If a, if, if a private sector tenant uh, was acting like this, if a private sector tenant that was a significant uh, occupier of space was acting this way, they would be raked over the coals by public opinion, by the media, uh, by the business community. This should be no different. We have designed our city for the federal government. Why is there no place to live downtown? People scratch their head like it's a mystery. It's because we created a downtown core to house our federal government. Why do we have an uninspired skyline? And a, and a uh, you know a large proponent of uninspiring buildings because the government has demanded lower you know lowest compliant bid buildings. We have wonderful buildings too. Don't get me wrong, but if we're going to design this building for the or this downtown for the federal government, and then they just leave, well, we're left with a downtown core that's really only designed for the federal government. We need time. Uh, to retool that, we can retool that, and I think the federal government has an obligation to help in that.
1: I love your point. There, uh, we should have a more inspiring skyline. That's uh, that's amazing. Of course, we should. Yes, that's right. And uh, Sean, I read an article uh, in the Ottawa Business Journal about your new role at as principal at Proveris. Um, why is empathy and connectivity important to you when dealing with clients?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the, uh, the, the context of that was, was I'm now as a principal, essentially a business owner. Yes. Uh, and you know, being a business owner, there are goods, good things and bad things. And, uh, uh, that uh, that you identify with, and so now in my role as essentially a tenant representation broker, and spoiler alert to the uh, uh, to the listeners out there, Mateo's firm and our firm are friendly competitors, <laughs> uh, but we all, but you know, we're friendly competitors. We yes. we you know, and uh, but for me, it's important to be able to sit across from a business owner. Uh, and be able to say, you know, I get what you're going through. I get the stresses that that you, you have as a business owner, because I too am living them. And, uh, you know, in business, or in connecting with people, even outside of business, being able to put yourself in their shoes, and having that empathy, I think is really important. And just as when I'm looking to Engage a service provider or get help. In my world, uh, it's really important for me to feel that the person across from the table gets me right, and that I think is um, is important for all of us as business people. Uh, and I think being a principal, it really uh, it really helps me to find and augment that empathy.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's very good. That's that's very good. We talked about. Uh, the downtown, the office assets. Uh, So what's uh, your view on sustainability for office buildings?
0: Yeah, so, you know, looking back on office buildings, you know, certainly there you can look at them as economic engines for the world. You know, you can identify, I give you a postcard of San Francisco or New York City, you can identify it by the commercial real estate that's on that right and they are huge economic engines for the owners of the building for the businesses that are in there and for the service providers and it's very apparent the economic contribution that commercial real estate gives to the world what gets forgotten is the environmental footprint that these buildings have and i think there have been some stats that have said that you know 50% of world greenhouse g- you know emissions come out of uh, come out of commercial real estate. So I will circle back to your opening question on you know why do I care about the downtown core? And we talked about thriving and how you know we need to create an environment in which people and business can thrive. It is apparent that the environment is a key element in that and. You know, it's exciting to see that the commercial real estate industry recognizes the impact it's having on the environment and is doing everything it can to take a leadership position to reduce that impact uh, so that it can, A, diminish the carbon footprint, and B, be a supportive citizen uh, for the tenants who occupy them who are demanding more and more that the world around them is less impactful in a negative way on the environment. So I think it's the way of the future. I think we need to, be, uh, we need to look after Mother Earth, Earth as best we can. It also creates an opportunity for us as an industry to innovate and be sustainable as an industry. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's good corporate citizenry.
1: So 50% of all greenhouse gas emissions come yeah, from... Yeah, now commercial- don't,
0: don't quote me on that, but I, the, these are the numbers that have, have been presented to me over the course of my career. We, okay. might, be doing, we might be doing better than that, okay. but you know, the commercial and real estate industry has been uh, a significant contributor to carbon footprint, and we're working to, uh, to fix that. And i think we're making great strides
1: now is it worth from an investor or owner's perspective is it worth investing in reducing the carbon footprint to their bottom line
0: and that's a really good question uh because some people will answer the question and say well can you afford not to invest right and uh, and Uh, But if you look at it at the dollars and cents aspect, um, it's less black and white. So in some cases, yes, it does. But unfortunately we're not there yet where it makes sense to do everything that's possibly available. Tenants either aren't willing to pay for that yet or the cost to do so is too prohibitive. you know, I would look at it as a sliding scale or a spectrum and we are making, uh, we are better off, we are making more investment today than we did 20 years ago. I didn't even hear this stuff 20 years ago, Matteo, it didn't didn't even exist, right? Wow. And, but um, I think we are, we are in the early stages of this and making improvements, so you know the answer i think will be and the answer will uh, uncover itself over time so in some instances yes and i think everybody should be doing what they can at the very least and we will gradually explore the space as we move as we move forward
1: so we can't do everything that needs to be done in terms of reducing the carbon footprint but we can do some
0: yeah we we can do some, and some groups will be more willing to do more and pay for more, right? so uh, it's it it again, it's a spectrum uh, and gradually the business community will find their sweet spot uh, in this as they move forward. It's a new it's new in the course of the last twenty years. Um, I think the I think it will only increase, but it can't all happen at once. Change doesn't happen that way,
1: by and large. For sure. You've given some points to answer what's going to be my next question, but what needs to happen for the downtown core, uh, particularly office, to thrive again?
0: (laughs) That's an easy question. Um, So let's start with, Let's start with big building blocks, if I can, because each big building blocks will have a hundred smaller building blocks. But we need to rein in the federal government and have clear communication on what they're planning to do so we can stop speculating. That's that's one thing. And, you know, we can deal with bad news, but we just need to know uh, what the plan is so that we, we can we can backfill. Second... Uh, I think commercial, the existing commercial real estate that's out there needs to do everything that it can uh, to position itself to be uh, the best it can possibly be for the tenants that are currently out there. Let's talk about empathy again, right? And let's talk about your sustainability. Um, the two things go together because more and more business or Employees are choosing the companies they work for on the basis of the values and the contribution to the community that they give. So commercial real estate needs to do everything it can to be an extension of a company's values, community giving, uh, environmental sustainability, uh, and, and, um, and choice in design. Right? So giving people uh, lobbies that can uh, offer a place to work or a place to rest or a place to have meetings on top of the the office space that they occupy. So I think that needs to be expanded upon. I think that uh, we've, we talk about uh, an arena, which is very topical in the news. And I think that having in an, an arena come to the downtown core, as opposed to La Flats, would also be something that gives a sense of, uh, of purpose for the downtown core, a place of community, a place of gathering that will support uh, living, working, playing, and learning. And not that La Breton Flats is a bad place, but I think that the downtown core, given the, da- the difficulty it's having right now, uh, is probably a more suitable location right now. Uh, I think those three building blocks are are very important. And, you know, I think the federal government also needs to play a role in kickstarting uh, affordable housing in the downtown core. What does that mean? If they're gonna get rid of buildings in the downtown core, rather than looking to get rid of these buildings at the highest possible price which has been their mandate in the in the past they may look at um, the notion of community benefit can they rather than getting the highest price look to achieve the highest community benefit possible so is it crazy to have the federal government say we're going to give these buildings away uh, to the right person who will develop them with with uh, limited prof profitability to the benefit of affordability in our downtown core? I don't think that's such a crazy idea, and I think that I think that brings people into our downtown core, creates affordability, and brings a balance away from let's just work in our downtown core for the federal government to let's create. Um, a place people can live. Let's create entertainment and activity with a, an arena. Let's create uh, progressive landlord buildings that will foster good citizenry. And then you're starting to get the pieces of, uh, of diversity, the word that you used earlier, and you, you start to create a self-perpetuating downtown core. And none of those are pipe dreams but they need to happen together without everyone working in isolation.
1: I love the last statement there. Uh, none of those ideas or points I pipe bring. I think that's very important.
0: It's achievable, yes. but it needs it needs to be uh, people it needs to be focused upon and it needs to be a, a concerted effort from government, private sector, community to make it happen. Wow. We got to stop working in silence.
1: Well, that's very good. Well, Sean, uh, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I love your points. Once again, thank you for taking time. One more question, Sean. Yeah. Which is maybe not real estate related. So you had mentioned that obviously growing up, you traveled a lot. Uh, Just in general, what's been your favorite place that you've traveled to?
0: Oh, boy. Uh... (laughs) Ah. Uh, my favorite place that I've traveled to, you know, my most interesting memories are from Singapore. When I was there growing up as a, as a kid uh, you know, Singapore is sort of the heart of, of, of Indochina and is a part of the world that is uh, almost opposite in terms of sights and sounds. And then uh, then what we have here in Ottawa. Uh, I would say it was certainly, certainly the most interesting uh, from a, a textural viewpoint. Um, it 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 really provided an interesting perspective to Ottawa. Um, but you know, everywhere that I've traveled has just been short term, and it, everything has reinforced how good we have it here yes. in 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 Canada and in Ottawa. And it's not perfect by any means. And we can certainly improve. But, man, Mateo, we've got it so good here. And the level of complaining that we do, uh, get out and see the rest of the world. And you'll get perspective, right? But, you know, everywhere has been wonderful. Singapore probably has the most vivid memories for me. But I've got to tell you, it only serves to crystallize just how much... I like it here, and how good we've got it, even when it's minus forty.
1: <laughs> right? Wow! Yeah, definitely a, a beautiful city, Ottawa. I love it. Um, moved here as an international student, still here, uh, eighteen right. years ago. So yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, and we're 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 the better for having you here. So yes. thank you for staying. Yes. You know?
1: yes yes well amazing well sean thank you for taking the time once again it's been a great conversation uh you have a great rest of the day
0: yeah thanks mateo and thanks for doing this i just think it's great that when people take an interest in the city and the industry and uh and and do business initiatives like this or community initiatives like this i think the more that stuff like this happens the more good conversations happen so listen thank you very much for doing this thank you sean